do you have to be a good person to be a black belt? Welcome to Beauty and the Ghee, the podcast about jujitsu and life and so much more. I'm Jen Eads, a white belt full of curiosity and questions about all the things jujitsu. And I'm AJ Klingerman, a Brazilian jujitsu brown belt obsessed with jujitsu. And we are so glad that you're here. And if you are new to the podcast, we made you a starter pack with a few episodes to introduce you to the show. And I will have a link to it in the show notes. So depending on where you're listening to this podcast, you might just need to scroll down or you might just need to swipe left or right, depending on what you're using. So welcome. (laughs) I like swipe left or right. I don't know. I don't know. See if you find it. You're going to find it. I know you kids swipe. So that's all I know. I like that. I like the starter pack idea. Give them some good episodes to like listen to and yeah, us a little bit. Yeah. Any ideas which ones I included? Definitely the downward spiral. <laughs> always a good one. I'm guessing yeah. uh, the comparison being the thief of joy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget what, what the third one. Okay. Don't know. Don't know. It's <laughs> Don't know. surprise. <laughs> surprise to me too. Yeah. Listen and find out. <laughs> So I don't know if you can hear him or not, but my cat Rufio is probably joining us on this podcast. <laughs> Rufio, uh, he will not stop meowing right now. Um, not because anything's wrong other than he does not like me out of his direct line of sight. <laughs> so he's just going to talk to us the whole time. So fantastic. Enjoy his singing in the background. <laughs> What's on your mind today, AJ? Oh, well, I guess jujitsu culture, I guess, is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of want to start by saying, like, when we started this podcast, my like one of my biggest goals with the podcast was um, I wanted people to hear us and want to do jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of podcasts that I've listened to before that, you know, just talked about the negative aspects of jujitsu um, without any real like hope is what it felt like, you know, like, uh, just kind of like, you know, nag sessions kind of thing. Um, and I didn't want that. I I wanted you to listen to the podcast and go, man, that sounds like a great community. That sounds like something I want to be a part of. That sounds like a sport. I'd like to do a great exercise, whatever that was. I wanted our podcast to help bring jujitsu to people. Um, this podcast feels a little different because we are talking about a very negative side of jujitsu, but I think it needs to be talked about. And I think that we need to talk about like, you know, ways that we can kind of start fixing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're completely unfamiliar with what's going on, you know, there's been some, some headlines recently just coming back about, you know, black belts doing things that um, are inappropriate, frankly. Um, And a lot of people are finally speaking out about, just different things that are happening in their schools, how they're being treated or um, what's happening outside those schools with black belts. And so kind of just the conversation starts with like, do you have to be a good person to be a black belt? Like, do we expect more from black belts? I kind of feel like we should, but in real life, that's not always the case, which is super disappointing. It is. And you know, but like... I mean, they're all people, right? Right. They're all people. There are things that that they do that we still, I guess, 
allow, you know, that worship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're just still people. They are going to, there are going to be people that um, do things that we don't like, no matter what color the belt is. And the black belt doesn't make that magically go away. So if they were bad people at brown belt, they're probably those same bad people at black belt, right? Yeah. We would like to be able to hold them to higher standards. And to an extent we can, um, but we can talk about that a little bit more, but you know, I think in general, like we have to understand that they are still people and that we can't just instantly expect that we can trust them with our women, with our children, with our, you know, whatever, that, that just because they have that two inch belt around their waist <laughs> doesn't mean that they're worthy of our respect. My Instagram feed has been just full of almost anything jujitsu related has been like, about scandal and black belts and, you know, just all of this bad stuff that's coming to light that seems to be coming to light now, but it's like people have kind of, it's been going on for a while. I was actually, I started an episode today of the Verbal Tap podcast with Avery Clements is the guest, but I'm not very far into that, but it was interesting just even to hear like what her process was for making sure that everything was documented and verified before they even published anything. Yeah. You know, so kind of in what sparked all of this to come out again um, is an older story, really, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's a story from a few years ago. And I, I was friends with that person. Um, he stayed at our house. We stayed at his house. I mean, like we were, we were friends and um, we actually had filmed an instructional with him and it was fully edited uh, just waiting on some final artwork to hit the market. And when the news first broke, everybody was calling us like, this is what we're hearing. And, you know, it was just like, no way, no way, no way. Right. That's your instant thought process. Like that can't mm-hmm. be true. That can't be true. <laughs> like you think, you know, someone, right. Yeah. Um, and when it came out, yeah, it was definitely true. Like, here's the thing that dude admitted it. Like he from the get was like, yep. You know, in that moment, we stopped everything. We weren't going to, have him in for seminars anymore. We weren't going to go do seminars at his place. We are not that he saw the place, but you know, um, we weren't going to put out his instructional. Like it was a great instructional that no one will ever see. Yeah. I think what's important is that we don't put these people on pedestals. Like we have to strip them of that, right? Like if there are, and there are, uh, people in our community that are doing things Um, that are not appropriate, we have to take them out of the limelight. Like we have to make them not coaches in our academies and Mm -hmm. not have that access to work with our teenagers or our children or, you know, um, our women, you know, like we Mm -hmm. have to, we have to strip them of that. So yes, I think that, you know, people get through the cracks, like nobody would have known this about this dude, nobody. But when that happened, you have to you have to take things away. You have to take away access and that celebrity factor. So I think I didn't get to to read that first article or not the first article, but the most recent one um, where I know that like some of his old teammates were still training with him and such. 
Cyborg released a statement and announced an implementation of a zero tolerance policy for sexual abuse and sexual misconduct. I feel like that maybe should have been a policy we had in place to begin with. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You know, like we have a policy at our academy where coaches can't date students. And the reason for that is they're put in that leadership role, right? And so some, you know, brand new white belt coming in is going to look up to them and be impressed by them or whatever that is, you know, like, yeah. and so it just, it just makes the, it's just not a balanced relationship. And so we put that into practice years ago. Like you can't date students. It's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like coaches, dating coaches, whatever, or like, you know, if you bring your girlfriend or boyfriend in or whatever, that's fine. Like you, you bring them in, you already had a relationship, but you can't prey on the students. Um, yeah. It has to already be a policy that we have in place. I think one thing that's been talked about a lot is like women coming forward, women talking about it, Mm -hmm. which I agree with. Obviously, like I want that to happen if something goes wrong. I want you to be able to have somebody that you can go to and talk to, but also like it has to be more than that. It has to be that the way we talk to people in our academy, you know, like the little comments that are made that are those like, I mean, really like microaggression type things, those types of things have to change. Like I've always told the guys, you are teaching other students how to treat me, right? So Mm -hmm. like if you are treating me with respect, then they're more likely to treat me with respect. So I think that's a big part of where it has to be. Like, are you treating your students in, in ways that they don't feel uncomfortable and that they do feel comfortable coming up and talking to you if something happens. So many women, I think that's one of the craziest parts is so many women have come forward that they were kicked out of their academy for making accusations, not the abuser, not right. the one, right? But that yeah. they were kicked out. And usually that's because the abuser is a high rank dude that has community there. And so, you know, you're the new white belt or whatever. And so they don't believe you. Mm -hmm. I've told many women, if you think there's a a predator at your academy, how can you justify building up your women's team? Right? Like, how could you, how how are you comfortable bringing in more prey? (laughs) Um, I mean, really like, so if you're not comfortable with somebody and they're, they're preying on your women and you know it and nothing's being done about it from the higher ups or they are the higher up, how can you in good conscience bring other people into that environment? You can't, you can't. We talk a lot. So this, this whole episode kind of came from, I mean, obviously everything that's going on on our social media, but also I did the TikTok on consent. Yes. So we do a private lesson with everyone that comes in for their first, first time, first time they come in, they get a private lesson. And it's a great opportunity for me to sit down with each person individually and talk about consent and how it's important to me. Um, And how I want it to be important to them and how I want them to acknowledge that they have, you know, the rights of their own journey. Okay. And I tell them that they can say no to anyone they don't want to roll with. You can always say no. At some schools, 
still to this day, there are a lot of schools that if a higher rank asks you to roll, you have to. And I don't play that. I don't, I think that is putting people in a position where one, they could get hurt, Mm -hmm. but two, that they could have to go with somebody they're not comfortable being with. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't think that's appropriate. And I tell all of them, like, if you don't, if you're not comfortable rolling with me, you don't have to roll with me. Yeah. You know, like we've had this conversation before, like, you know, not me and you, but like on the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> like whoever you want to say no to, you can say no. And I give people ways to say no, because unfortunately we've been taught to be submissive, honestly. Yeah. Or nice. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to hurt you. And my peacekeepers, right? Like right. <laughs> I'm finding so many nines in jujitsu, you know, like everybody's a peacekeeper. We have a really hard time saying no. And so I give them ways. So I tell them, you know, like you can say, oh, I'm sitting this round out or I have to use the restroom. Um, my favorite way is always keeping your dance card full. So like if you and I are rolling, then I'll be like, hey, Risser, I've got you next. So then when Joe comes up and he's like, Hey, you want to roll? I'm like, Oh no, I've already got her next. And I'm ready. Like I know who I'm going to roll with. And there's not even that moment for me to feel uncomfortable where I have to be like, Oh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and even like, there are certain drills that I don't do in some classes if I can't protect everyone in the room. And what I mean by that, so like we do sweet pass or submit, or I think people call it like grand Dory where you're like coming off the line and you're going with anyone that's down. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will stand at the front of the line. And if the person that's down is somebody that I don't think is safe for the person coming off the line, I'll go like next, you know, like I'll Mm -hmm. pass on the person after them. And like, you, you go with them and like, I'll make you wait for a safe person until you're comfortable being like, Nope, you go ahead of me. I'm not doing, I'm not going with that person. Right. But then there's, there's a drill that we'll do that is a bad position drill where you go with everybody down the, down the line. So I make sure that either everyone down is safe because you're going to go with everyone or like you're able to, like if you're down, everybody on the wall is safe. You know, like I'm, I want to make sure that I know that you don't have to go with anyone you don't want to go with. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's our job as coaches, right? Like mm-hmm. to make it okay for people to say no and for us to protect you if you are not comfortable. Right. And that, that takes open communication that takes us leading from the front and making it to where you feel comfortable coming and talking to me about anything. Yeah. You know, I've had women come up to me and say, you know, like I've dealt with sexual assault in my background and I want to stay for the co-ed class but I don't want to roll with any of the guys. Like, can you help protect me? And, uh, you know, absolutely. I will definitely make sure that you always have a woman to roll with or that you're able to say no to somebody. And if I notice that you start to roll with somebody that I know you're not comfortable with because you're not comfortable saying no, and somebody comes up and is like, Hey, you want to roll? And you say, yes, I'll be like, Nope, actually go roll with somebody else. (laughs) I'm not afraid to stop you in the middle and be like, Oh, actually, Nope. I was going to grab her. Sorry. Um, so, you know, we just have to have that open line of communication and that has to happen. You know, all the coaches have to take on that mentality. Mm -hmm. So Avery on her Instagram put like, 
what have you learned from the big conversations in BJJ over the last week? And um, I just enjoyed going through and reading what different people have to say. Uh, One person said that I have the responsibility to speak up, even if I'm not directly involved. I like that a lot because like, we're not always comfortable saying something. So like we have to stand up for each other. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's tough too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that is maybe just bringing attention to the person that, you know, that is doing something wrong and not the victim. Right. Mm -hmm. So just being able to go to your coach and say, Hey, I don't think this person is being appropriate. You know, I think it needs dealt with and trying to encourage that woman to be able to come forward and tell the coach, but if they're not comfortable, if they want to stay out of it, then maybe just being able to go to your coach and say, Hey, I know that this person's doing something inappropriate that needs to be addressed. I think, think that's a good way to start standing up for others, even without involving the victim. Yeah. We got to take care of each other. Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the rise for a role model, you know, like sometimes we can't stand up for ourselves, but we can always stand up for each other. Definitely. I really feel like this week, as I've just kind of watched all of this unfold, I am just sitting there and reading and just kind of taking it all in. Yeah. Because there's, there's a piece of it that is just like, it's so disappointing. I mean, Not even that it was just like inappropriate things, but criminal, criminal things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing who will protect those people. Yeah. I I mean, it's heartbreaking, the people protecting them, the people doing criminal things. Yeah. And I don't know how you stay with somebody, like how you stay under someone Mm -hmm. who is doing those things. Or protecting those people. It will be interesting to see even where we are a year from now with all of this and and if anything has actually changed. Yeah. I think kind of in regards to standing up for each other too, I think as a, a victim, maybe we don't want, and I, I, I hate to use the word victim, but like that's that's what it is, right? Like you were the person that was assaulted or harassed or whatever, And maybe you don't want to speak up for yourself, but maybe you speak up for future people. Yeah. That may have just been the beginning, right? Like what if the next girl is, isn't able to say no, or isn't able to walk away or isn't able to stand up for herself or whatever? Like, what if he goes further? I think even if you're not comfortable standing up for yourself, maybe come forward for others. It's just, it's just such a hard spot to be in. It really is. It really is. I know. And you don't want to be that person that got everyone's friend thrown out of the school. Oh, right. Right? Like that's so tough. That's so tough. But I think the more we talk about it and the more we normalize what the behavior should look like. Mm, Well, um, yeah, that's, I think that's a big piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we make that type of stuff unacceptable and we stand up for what's right and we make a good environment, what is the normal environment, then it's going to get easier and easier. 
but everybody has to be a part of the solution. It can't just be the women sticking up for each other. It, it has to be everyone holding people accountable to where, you know, there's conversations happening in, in the locker room and you say, Hey man, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's what it has to be. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, don't let this scare you away from jujitsu. Like there are a lot of benefits to jujitsu. Jujitsu is life-changing. It's an amazing sport to be a part of. It's an amazing community to be a part of. Yes, there are bad apples. Absolutely. It's going to be our job to get rid of those bad apples. And like I said, not put them on pedestals and to protect our people from the poison of those apples. Yeah. But don't let this scare you away. Like this is still something that... Uh, can be really good in your life. And it might take a couple different places for you to find what, where your home is, where you're truly safe and respected, but take the time to figure that out. And that might come from, you know, joining different female communities uh, like the women's grappling network or the role model uh, women's only page, you know, like, and, and talk to us, like, let us help you find a place that, is safe and that has good training partners and a community you can be a part of a lot heavier than the Enneagram podcast. (laughs) Oh man. We are just like all over the place. (laughs) I really think our on and off the mat practices this week are just about holding people accountable, stand up for what's right and do the right thing. Be a good human. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end this episode. You'll find us hanging out on Instagram at Beauty and the Gee Podcast. And I'm out there at Brassy Broad Jen. And I'm AJ Clearman everywhere you go. And we will see you on, on the, the mat. mat.